Today, on Commitment to Truth. Can you imagine if Jesus died on the cross and said, oops, just joking, let me just take it back. He gave his life for keeps. If we want to emulate Christ, we have to give our lives for keeps. When he bought you and redeems you, you are his for his use, if we like it or not. So why not give ourselves up for use, for keeps, so he can better manage our lives? We're not good life managers. I mean, we just mess things up over and over again. We cannot be fragrant aromas unless we're imitating Christ. And that's the way we should be. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we continue a series titled, By the Book on Ephesians, A New Community. In this series, our pastoral team will take us through the entire book of Ephesians to encourage us to understand our new community identity and to practically walk it in real life. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. Now, if you could open with me to Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll give you our, our next three truths that describes our new walk in Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you. Think about that. We can bridge a whole sermon on that, right? Just as Christ also loved you, and guess what else he did? And gave himself up for us and offering a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So, number five, continues to describe our walk this way, is that our new walk is to imitate Christ. Not to imitate mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, not to imitate pastor, minister, evangelist, whoever, not to imitate your teacher or your mentor. No other created being should we imitate. Remember even Paul says what? Follow me, imitate me as I what? Imitate whom? So even Paul says, no, when, even as you look at me, you're looking through me to see whom? Christ. The word imitators means this, to mimic in a good sense, to follow as an example, or to follow after Christ. Now, the English dictionary defines it this way. It's a person who copies the behavior or actions of another. To follow as a pattern, a model, are a, an example. So where Paul talks about this in Philippians, when he says, pattern yourself after me, it actually comes from a, a Greek word that describes uh, uh, a, a continuous tapping on a key of a typewriter. Now, some of you <laughs> may not even know what a typewriter looks like, but those of us who do, do you remember how the keys used to get stuck? Right, and do you remember how it, it some, some of the, the letters just wouldn't show up? And you have to do what? Repeatedly? That's what the, the, the author is talking about. 
It's striking the key over and over and over and over and over and over over again until you see Jesus. Sounds familiar? Right? In other words, you're going to go through it and 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 through it until you forgive. Everybody you come in contact with will look like your ex-husband, talk like your ex-husband, walk like your ex Right? Let's be, be honest, right? I mean, you'd be like, dang, he's everywhere, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it will be, I mean, our children will just get on our last nerves. And they'll continue to get on your last nerves until you let it go and realize they don't belong to you. In other words, that key will be struck. That area in your life will continue to be tempered over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until you imitate Christ. His imprint on you will continue to just be imprinted. In other words, we have all the fruit of the Spirit in us. And if you choose not to love everybody, he will force you in situations over and over and over and over and over and over again until you quit resisting to love everybody. Here's a description of being imitators. It's found again in verse 1 and 2. Just as Christ also loved, just as Christ gave himself. This, this word gave himself means it's to deliver himself, to keep. Think about that. He, he didn't, remember the scripture says he gave his life willingly. Can you imagine if Jesus died on the cross and said, oops, just choke it. Let me just take it back. Or, or he takes his life back when we don't live a life for him. He gave his life for keeps. And that's what we're, we have to get to a point. If we want to emulate Christ, we have to give our lives for keeps. It goes on to, uh, to be defined as to deliver over for use. When he bought you and redeemed you, you are his for his use, if we like it or not. He also says, give yourself up to take care of, to manage. He takes care of and he manages you and I in our lives better than we can ever. So why not give ourselves up for use, for keeps, so he can better manage our lives? That's his promise. And when we go all in to imitate Christ, he better manages our lives. We're not good life managers. I mean, we just mess things up over and over again. Being an imitator is also described as he gave himself up as a sacrifice and also a fragrant aroma. We cannot be fragrant aromas unless we're imitating Christ. And that is so important to understand, church, you know? It's because so many of us are knockoff colognes and perfumes. You, you, you know, the ones you buy on the street corner? They just have a little bit enough smell in there to get you to buy it. But, but once you start using it, it's like, 
with, you know, the smell, by the time you spread, walk into your car, leave your car, the smell's gone. It's a knockoff. <laughs> Some of you from Philly know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> if you visited New York, right, you'd go and get, oh, that's, oh, oh, that's the cologne, you know, that I always wanted. <laughs> so, we have to be this fragrant aroma that sticks around that. You know how you, your wife sprays her cologne or perfume, she leaves the room and the smell lingers. It's on the pillow. It's on everything she touched. That should be us. Everything we touch should smell like Jesus. We just pass by people. They say, Man, something smells good about that person. Right? You ever have someone pass by and like, man, I want to buy that cologne for my husband. You know? <laughs> because it's so attractive. And that's the way we should be. So attractive as this fragrant aroma as we imitate Christ. First John chapter 2, verses 5 through 6 reminds us, but whoever follows his word in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says that he remains him, in him ought himself also walk just as he walked. We can't be in him unless we're walking like he walks. How did Christ walk then? Philippians 2, one of my favorite portions of scripture. Here's verses 2 through 8 real, real quickly. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit. But with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests. So it didn't say don't look out for yourself, but not merely or only your personal interests. It says, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the, the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death even on the cross. This is imitation of Christ. Dying to self. See, our new walk should always reflect the image of God in Christ. Amen? Number six, we find in verses three through five, again, Ephesians chapter five, it says, but sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness or foolish talk or vulgar joking foolish talk, vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving, thank, giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no sexual immoral or impure or greedy person, which amounts to idolatry, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Our new walk ultimately should exercise self-control. We can't be men and women who are just loosey-goosey, out of control. That, oh, well, you know, that's just me. Well, if it's just you, there's a problem. Well, that's the way I've always been. Well, maybe you should change. 
Well, you know, you know, I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm just going to say the truth. Whatever's on my mind, I'm just going to say it. Not concerned on who is hurting. It's not right. Well, you know, I'm just a jokester. Well, maybe you, you shouldn't be that funny all the time. This is how self-control is exercised. Sexual immorality and purity are greed. Listen, it is not even supposed to be mentioned among you. Oh, man, he's fine. That's my favorite actor because he just looks so good. Oh, you know, man, that's my favorite actress because uh, that's a bent towards lust. Why are you not saying that about your spouse? Those subtleties, right? Around the TV with our friends. Oh, man. Woo-hoo-wee. Woo-hoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we may not even say anything, but like, <laughs> Right? I mean, it, it's tricky, but it's the truth. We just need to put guards, safeguards around us. There's no filthiness or foolish talk. Let your words be as seasoned with salt, fitting. Colossians talk about that, four, Colossians four. Fitting for every moment. No vulgar joking, but listen to what it says. But we defer to giving of thanks. We could do that, but we defer to use our words to give thanks, to edify, to encourage, to build up. First Corinthians 9 verses 24 through 27 says this, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run then in such a way that you may win. We don't, we're not in this race folks to lose run in a way that you want to win everyone who competes in the games exercise self-control in all things you you can't be an athlete and say hey guess what I'm showing up because and can you change the rules umpire can you make the strike zone bigger you know can you open widen the goalposts? can you move the free throw line closer we can't just say, okay, well, because it's tough, because it's uncomfortable, because it's strange, well, guess what? I'm just not going to compete according to the rules. The rule says, love your wife as Christ loved the church, no matter what she says or doesn't say, if she respects you or not. The scripture says, what? You are to honor your, your, uh, your mother and father didn't say if they were a good dad or a bad dad. Dad didn't say if they're alive or dead. He says honor them. He says respect your husband as unto the Lord. Submit to them as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Didn't say okay well he's not loving me today. He's not giving me respect and submit. That's what he commands. That's the rules. 
And if you want to win in your marriage, you got to play according to the rules. Listen, it's no different than a single man or a woman. Listen, purity is the rule. And if you don't play according to the rules, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get married and corrupt your marriage bed. Bottom line. That's just what happens with premarital sex. It's the rules. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. So they don't, so they do it to obtain a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to run aimlessly, but I box in such a way as to avoid hitting the air. But I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. This word disqualify means this, that I won't stand the test and it also, again, is being used for metals and coins. The formulation of making a, a coin and metal. You won't be disqualified. That you'll become and be made into everything that he's designed and desired for you to be. Our new walk should be a model of self-control, church. Lastly, for today, verses 6 through 14, is our new walk is, is full of light. We to be a lit people. Verse 8, I just want to highlight. It says, for you were once darkness. Now, please understand, it doesn't say you were once in darkness, which is true. But it says you were once darkness yourself. You were dark. And some of us, if you look back, you say, dang, I really was a very, very dark person. And it's important to realize that, that it's okay. I was that way. Therefore, because I was that way, it says, but now you are what? Light in the Lord. Then do what? Walk it. If you say you are, walk it. Don't turn on and on your off, on and off your light switch when it's convenient. When it's difficult, turn it off. When I'm disrespected, turn it off. When I'm frustrated, turn it off. When it's hard, turn it off. Just doesn't work that way. You know, when the bank account is low, turn it off. When I'm not thanked, appreciated, turn it off. Passed up on a promotion, turn it off. Well, I'm not going to work for them. I can't believe it. You know, they didn't keep passing me over. Well, that's why. God knew you act that way. It's just real simple as that. Remember, when God measures a man or a woman's heart, he measures it past, present, future. Because there is no time with God. He looks, in other words, he looks at the full heart, who you were. And if I give this to you and give you this privilege, I know who you were. I know who you are. 
And what will trip you up, what will cause you to compromise, what will cause you to abandon me. And matter of fact, I know who you will become if I give this to you. If I permit this, if I take this away, I know who you are, past, present, future. Many times we say, well, God, I'm not that person anymore. Well, because I'm not that person for the last six months or for last week. You know, and it's like, well, you know, I never do that again. Well, how many times have we said that to God? God knows who we are going to be. So there's times, you know what he has to do? Withhold. Until there becomes greater self-discipline, greater transformation in the heart. Like any good parent, right? You don't give your kids keys to the car if they keep coming home late. Matter of fact, some of you who have multiple children, right, you know that oh, this one probably has to keep riding a bike for another year or so. Because I know if I give that one the keys to the car, I know exactly what they're going to do with the keys to the car. How do you know? Because of who they were and who they are. So you say, ah, for you, you got to wait a little longer. You can't get your license yet. Well, you know, John got his license when he was, you know, he got his permit when he was 14. And, oh, well, John was a little more self-disciplined and respectful. And, and he's proven that up until it's time to get licensed. But you, you're not showing me any glimmers of hope right now. So as a parent, sometimes you have to make hard decisions that is conflictive or conflicting relationally, Right. Magnify that to God. God knows everything about us. He would never bestow anything upon us that would hurt us, harm us, hurt and harm his reputation. He'll turn us over to our passion to cause us to come back. It's where darkness, metaphorically, is ignorance in respecting divine things and human duties, vertical, horizontal. And the accompanying of ungodliness, immorality, together with their consequences or consequent misery in hell. The word light means this. You are a lamp, you're a torch, you're exposed to the view of all. We are exposed to the view of everybody. Here's how this fruit of light should look. Verses 9 through 12 says, Do not become partakers with sons of disobedience. Consist in all uh, goodness and righteousness and truth. And here's the beautiful thing about the text. Every word makes sense. It says, Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Just try to learn. That sounds just like a wonderful parent. Baby, just, just, can you just try to do the right thing? Can you just try to respect me? Can you, can you just, right, just, can you just 
Just do what I ask you to do. That's almost like God pleading, saying, hey, even though there should, this is the, 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 the standard of light, light, just try to do it. Just try to do what I tell you to do, and I will come to help you, right? Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. This is the tough one. Don't even speak of the things which are done by them in secret. In other words, you know what the dirt, the dirt people are doing. He says, don't even entertain that. But it says, Christ should do what? Shine through you. Let me end with these few verses. It says, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 through 8 says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that the day would uh, overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night and now are of darkness. So then let's not uh, sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are the day, let's be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And then Jesus reminds us in these familiar words in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. City set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You see, our new walk is to live as children of the light, letting Christ shine through us. Didn't say perfect people. And one of the greatest phrases I heard early in my faith is this. Christ uses crackpots. In other words, you're clean, but all your cracks, he shines through. He's, he is seen through our failures. Through our imperfections. But his light must be evident in us to accomplish this. You see, this new walk should be an ever-increasing walk. You'll walk out here today and be like, dang, I got a tall order. True. But start walking. It's no excuse. Start walking. You have everything you need according to righteousness and good deeds. This is how it should develop. We imitate Christ. It cultivates self-control. This self-control creates a well-lit community. As I'm imitating Christ, it cultivates self-control. Self-control creates a well-lit community. And a well-lit community, our community full of light, has an internal, eternal, and internal impact on a dark world. Amen. Someone once said, some people change their ways when they see the light. Others only when they feel the heat of it.
Think about that. People see the light, change their ways. Others change their ways when they see the heat and feel the heat of it. Can we commit today to be individuals and a community here at Commitment Church that will be well lit for his glory and for the good of others? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the finished work of Jesus. We thank you because he is the light of the world and his spirit lives and reigns within us. But God, one thing just sticks out in all of this. Help us to be men and women who are willing to learn what is pleasing. So all we need to do is be able to sit down at the desk and give Jesus the permission in front of the classroom of life to teach us. Are we willing to learn? God, we know you never change the standard. You never change rules to the game. But all you do ask us to do is just be willing to learn what's pleasing to you. Thank you again for listening to our latest sermon series, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Through this series, we hope you are encouraged to understand your new community identity. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.